Hey there, future friends. Quick note before we get into this episode, I, I meant to do two episodes this week, but it didn't quite work out that way. So next week we will be talking about The Devil All the Time on Netflix and hooking up on Hulu. Okay, thanks. On with the show. Hey there, future fans. This week, we have a special episode. That's right. Just like the title says, this is about my experience returning to the theater during COVID and a spoiler-free review of Tenant. So without further ado, let us jump into that wonderful intro music. everyone welcome to the show that is right we're doing a special episode it was Anne's idea that i talk about my experience going back to the theaters especially because i've been really struggling with the idea of the show going back to the way it was i really miss it i i really miss the old show but there's so many factors when it comes to returning to the way things were and it's not just the fact that we still live in covid country that's not just the fact The fact is that I can't do the show if movies aren't coming out. And so for the next few weeks, I'll be bouncing around the idea of returning to the way things were or modifying the show where I just do maybe one movie a week and then talk about any new movies hitting theaters. We'll see. But for now, this isn't about that. This isn't about the old show. This is about two things. Yes, returning to theaters now at the end of September 2020. So returning to theaters now and also what I thought of Tenet the highly anticipated movie written and directed by Christopher Nolan, who brought us such wonderful films as the Dark Knight trilogy and Inception. And also Interstellar, Dunkirk, The Prestige, Memento, you know, a lot of great films. So we're going to start with talking about the theater. And this was tough. It was tough to think about going back to the theater because when when COVID started, when the country went on lockdown and we realized what a big deal it really was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I was never one of those fools who who just thought, oh, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be like the flu and it was gonna, it's going to blow over. But I also didn't think it would get this bad. And when I when we were starting to realize, when everyone was starting to realize things were getting bad, I promised myself that I would be super careful because my wife is immunocompromised and she's a single most important person in my life. And I had told myself, no, I'm going to be super safe. We're going to wait until everything's fully open, until we're in the clear before we do anything. But then... It was a mix of things. It wasn't just going stir crazy because everything was closed. It wasn't just that because that's a dumb reason on its own to go, oh, I'm going to risk my life and go out there. It was also the fact that we realized that if done properly, you can go out. If you do it smart and you make sure places have precautions in place before you go out, it can be done well. And we looked into it first when we when we saw that theaters around us were opening We looked into it, and one theater, we noticed it was kind of unclear how they were handling it, because if you just go onto their website, you can buy any seat, 
and it showed no signs of blocking anything off. But then we, we, when we went to our local Regal Cinema, it was clearer on their website how they were how they were protecting or doing their part to protect their patrons. Every other row was blocked off, and then there was a two-seat buffer between you and your nearest neighbor. So my talk today, which hopefully will be short, about returning to theaters is based off the idea that your theaters in your area are anything like mine. I know each state handles it differently. Famously, some states have just been screwing the pooch the whole time. And I live in Santa Cruz County, California, and I hope that theaters around you are at the very least taking these precautions. So the precautions we we dealt with and that made me feel comfortable enough for us to go out was the following. Like I said, every other complete row was closed. When you chose seats, you could sit next to the people you're bringing. Like my wife and I could sit right next to each other, but then there was a two buffer seat between our nearest neighbor. Luckily, when we saw the film, there's just three other people in the whole place. So easy peasy, we stayed far away from everyone. But it was good to know that should it sell out, it wouldn't be crowded. And then so they did say that they expect you to keep your mask on at all times, except when you're consuming snacks, that you're supposed to take it off, pop the snack in your mouth or take a sip from your cup and put your mask right back on. Now, the thing that bugged me is that there was no actual way for them to enforce it. They couldn't pose someone in every theater with like night vision goggles facing the other way, facing towards the audience and then you know, yelling at people, hey, put your mask back on, you f***ing idiot. No, they, they couldn't do that. So it is kind of on the honor system, or in the case of a movie that actually has people in it, uh, snitches. And in this case, I fully don't believe snitches should get stitches because it it's kind of a public health crisis right now. And even though I don't like to, when you go out in the world these days, you do kind of have to trust other people. You kind of have to trust the people in the room with you that they are not going to be stupid. So here's the thing. If the movie had been really packed, maybe we would have rethought it. I I don't know, because when we uh, purchased our tickets for the movie, no seats were taken. No seats were taken. And it was a very comfortable purchase. And I think right now is a golden time because we have the people that just either don't want to risk it or they don't want to watch a movie with a mask on. So we have those people. We have the people who just don't know theaters are open. And we have the bunch of people that just wouldn't go anyway. So we're going to have less crowded theaters and not just because of the forced social distancing. But what was it like watching a movie with a mask on the entire time? Uh, My wife and I, of course, both wore our masks. I have this slightly fancier one that work provided. I I work at a grocery store, as many of you know. Normally, I work in the office as a bookkeeper and an admin. Sometimes I help fill in in other areas when they need me. But during this time, they've been putting me up in the front a lot because I'm a very, I'm a very charismatic and personable person. Not just tooting my own horn. They chose me to sit in the front of the store, at the front door, greeting people, making sure they know the rules, and telling people before they come in, hey, put your mask on, hey, this isn't allowed, or that's not allowed. And New Leaf has done a wonderful job of providing us with masks, of not just disposable masks, but good quality cloth masks. So I had one of those, and had a disposable mask, 
And both of our experiences were fine. There were quite a few times where I even forgot I was wearing a mask just because I got so used to it. Because let's be honest, sometimes a mask is in your field of vision, especially if you have glasses. If you have glasses, a lot of you have probably noticed that if you push your mask further up your face, it will help the air blow out the top and pass your lenses so your lenses don't get all fogged up. The downside to that is it's a little more annoying to wear but you don't get foggy lenses. So I, like both Ann and I who wear glasses, were doing it like that and it still didn't bother us. And Tenet is a long movie. It's two hours and 30 minutes. I mean, definitely not the longest movie I've seen in theaters, not not the longest at all, but it's it's a quite a film. So look, this doesn't just go for movies, but life in general. If the two of us could sit down for a two hour and 30 minute movie, only taking our masks off for brief moments to take a drink or to pop a piece of candy in our mouth, and if essential workers can wear them all day at work, that idiot uncle we all have can wear it to the f***ing store without bitching. So yes, I'm glad to say that the mask really didn't affect it. Would I rather not be wearing a mask? Of course! Who wouldn't? But guess what? We have to, and it didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie at all. Because that was in the back of my mind when we were getting the tickets. Like, what if what if it is something that takes my focus away from the movie? And especially with a movie like Tenant, losing focus for a little bit could mean that you miss something important. But it was not a problem at all. So look, going back to the theater in our current time right now was fine. It was an easy experience. I'm. Uh, we both made sure that the theater we went to was taking good precautions. We took our own precautions. It was a perfectly fine experience. But even though we experienced that, I think all of you, before you see a movie, if you haven't already, just please be safe. Please be smart. But also, please be cautious of other people, too. So let me just repeat it one more time before we jump into the break and then the movie. Be safe. Please be safe. I love movies. And if you are a fan of the show, you love movies, too. But let's be honest, seeing movies in a theater is something that can wait. All right, my future friends, we are going to take a break. And, you know, normally we have a, a planned, uh, a much longer show. So I'm actually going to do two ads now, two ads later, and in the same order. So let us take a break before we get into my review of Tenant. So please stay tuned for a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on someonenerdy.com.
All right, my future friends, we are back. We are back with a review of Tenant. That's right. This was the movie, if you do not remember, I talked about this on the show a couple weeks back or months back, that it was believed that Tenant was the movie that was solely going to save American cinema. It was going to save the theater single-handedly. That COVID would soon get under control, that Tenet would be released, and people would flock back to the box office to see this film. Because Christopher Nolan makes money. He makes money for theaters and production companies and actors. He makes money for everyone because he does good work. But that's not what happened, was it? Because uh, COVID took a lot longer to deal with than any of us had feared. And theaters were starting, some were starting to go under, some smaller theaters that couldn't survive, they started to go under. Other big companies were having, were, were having conniption fits. They were, they were getting scared. They were scared that they would not make it either, like AMC, Regal, like the really big ones. So as soon as it was feasible, theaters started to reopen, but they knew they had to do it smart, which we've already talked about, but then they released Tenant. Tenant was one of the first new films to come out in theaters. Because if you remember when theaters were starting to reopen, they were playing older movies. That's how Jurassic Park and Back to the Future, movies like that, were, were making money again because theaters were just replaying old films. And so Tenant comes out. And if you remember from the last two episodes of the regular show, it didn't do well. Tenant had an estimated budget of $200 million. Right now, these are updated numbers from the last episode. Right now, sits at a worldwide total of $284 million. Sorry, $284,900,000. So that is just $84,900,000 over budget. And that's even wondering if they take things like advertising and stuff into that budget. So internationally... The international market makes up 85% of tenants' gross at $243 million. Domestically, tenant has only done $41.2 million. That's it. Just glancing at the numbers for Inception, Inception was on a budget of $160 million and its worldwide gross was $836.8 million. Internationally, that was $544.2 million. Domestically, $292.5 million. So, still international. If the movie's big, it's always going to be a bigger market. But Jesus, Inception made its money back on the domestic gross alone. And Tenant is so far short of that. Okay, but let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about Tenant the film. If you are unfamiliar with it, I'm just going to read the basic IMDb premise because I know it's spoiler free. It says, armed with only one word, Tenant, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. So I did say that this is a spoiler-free review, and it will be a spoiler-free free review. But I'm assuming you have seen the trailers. If you're the type of person to never watch trailers because you want to get spoiled for even anything, I'm sorry, this isn't for you then. But of course, if you're that type of person, maybe you're not going to listen to a review anyway, so maybe we're all good. This has a really good cast. This has John David Washington from Black Klansman, who was fantastic in Black Klansman. This has Robert Pattinson 
of course, from the well-known movie The Bad Mother's Handbook, also stars Elizabeth Debicki from Widows and Everest and, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, she was Aisha. Also has Kenneth Branagh, yes, the writer, director, actor himself from Murder on the Orient Express and also the, um, one of the people we're going to blame for Artemis Fowl. Himish Patel was also in it from Yesterday. If you haven't seen Yesterday, it's fantastic. Aaron Taylor Johnson was in it a bit too from Kick-Ass and Godzilla. Michael Caine, of course, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a uh, Christopher Nolan movie without a little bit of Michael Caine. And this works into the trip movies that Anne and I had just watched all of the, uh, all four trip movies because in each and every trip movie, they do a Michael Caine impression. And finally, new to the American scene, we have Dimple Kapadia. I think is how you say it. She's an Indian actress and she was quite good. So this is a really good cast. This is a really good cast with a proven writer and director, but also a writer director that is a fan of weird and flashy things that sometimes don't always make sense or sometimes they cause big arguments like what actually happened at the end of Inception. If you're right, like I am, you know the top eventually fell over because he wasn't in a dream. Anything else is f***ing wrong. So it's going to be hard to review Tenet without comparing it to Inception. And I'm going to say this right now. I liked Inception more because I think Inception was a better movie. Better movie because it, it had a better story arc. The problem with Tenet, and this is, goes from the very beginning, so it's not a spoiler is that in the trailer, we see the protagonist give up his life to not rat out uh, his friends in the CIA. He takes one for the team and he wakes up and this guy's like, oh, hey, good job. By the way, we're not going to let you die. We need people like you. Um, Here's a word. Tenant, good f***ing luck. And that's really all we get. He he goes to a couple places and he learns just a little bit more. He learns about this time weirdness that we saw in the trailer. Again, that... That's how he's catching bullets with his gun. It seems like it's from something from Wanted too, right? Like, what if no one ever told you bullets went forward? And so he gets just the bare bones intro to this world. And thus we get this bare bones intro. And then he goes. And I was so confused in the beginning. I talked to Anne about this. She was confused too. How did he know where to go? How did he know what to do? We didn't even know really what his goal was. He just had to stop the world from ending and he had to find out where something came from. Again, I can't be more specific, spoilers, but he did have one goal and then they just kind of let him loose. They go, okay, go do your thing. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Mommy has a headache. Go play. So it kind of felt like we were playing a video game and we skipped the introduction and we're just like, oh, shit. okay, um, I guess we're playing now. We'll figure it out as we go. But it didn't feel like it was like that for the protagonist. He was fine. John David Washington is a great actor. And it seemed like he knew what he was doing the whole time. Unfortunately, it took the rest of us a while to catch up. By the middle of the movie, I had a good grasp on things. And by the end of the movie, I almost fully understood it. This is going to require a rewatch because, yes, this is going on my shelf once it comes out. But... It's going to require a rewatch for some of the nuances. And also because some of the action scenes were just so much fun to watch. They were so enjoyable. But I think it would take another walkthrough to get everything. 
but I don't think a million watches in a row would make the opening any better, and it really starts you off on the wrong foot. That is not a good way to start a movie that you know is going to be a little confusing. Look, you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to understand Inception, but you need a little more thinking power than you do for, like, Fast and Furious. You know, as much as I love that series, I really use it as an example of stupid way too much. But I also think it's a great example. It takes a little more brain power to watch something like Inception than to watch Vin Diesel drive a car on ice and ramp off a nuclear submarine to intercept a goddamn missile. That's kind of easy to watch. I could be drunk off my ass and fully understand that film. So what I'm saying is understanding a movie like Inception and like Tenant is far from impossible. It is not difficult, but it isn't inherent. So when you start off on the wrong foot, when you start off the film and you don't get all of enough basic information, it doesn't help. And I think if the beginning of the film just had a little more information to go on, I think it would have upped the bill score of this movie just a little bit more. And you know what? I know I said I was going to do two ads later, but, you know, let's put one ad now. Let's hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and then we'll wrap this up and uh, send you along your way to the other great podcasts you listen to out there in the podcast sphere. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're We're doing doing fine all right we're back we are back from that impromptu break enough about the opening you know my feelings on that you know what christopher nolan is christopher nolan is the master of the thinking person's summer blockbuster Because this film was a blockbuster. There's so much wonderful visuals to it. There was so much that almost gives you this sense of tactile satisfaction. I know D-Box is becoming a thing of the past. And rightfully so. It wasn't really that great. But that's not what I mean. I mean these big spectacles that are viscerally pleasing. A week or two ago on the show, I talked about how Christopher Nolan decided for one of his stunts... And don't worry, I'm not going to go 
too deep into the stunt, but it involves the crashing of a plane. And he realized, if you remember me talking about this, you'll know this already, he realized that it was cheaper for him to buy a plane, to buy a jumbo jet and actually crash it than it would be to create it through CG. That is f***ing insane, but he did it because he is a crazy motherfucker. So that scene and scenes like it just make you sit there and go, yeah, that's awesome. And look, explosions aren't just for testosterone-filled super dudes. They're for the whole family, right? So this film gives us plenty of that. This, this film is a little bit of a lot. It's a little bit of a mindless summer blockbuster. It's a little bit of a heist film. It's a little bit of a police procedural, kind of more like a um, federal agency procedural more because it's not about cops, really. Uh, the protagonist is from the CIA. And we I, I think that Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, is from MI5, I think. Okay, so it's just a little bit of that. It's a little bit of a, a standard crime film. It's a little bit sci-fi. There's so many elements of other things in this film. And the good news is it doesn't get muddled. Except for that beginning I've already talked about. Christopher Nolan's Tenant has a direction it's going. It knows what it's doing and it doesn't confuse us getting there. And what I like about the mystery aspect of this, of like all the questions we have, that when the answers, some of the answers are revealed, it's not just out of nowhere and something we never, ever would have guessed. There are a few things that Anne figured out way, way before I did because she likes thrillers and she just has a mind for shit like that. When, when, if we're reading the same thriller, uh, probably about maybe a, a quarter of the book in, maybe even before, she'll go, Oh, I figured it out. And then me, like two pages before the end, going, Oh, I think I know where this is going. So there were things in it that were guessable that, Oh, she saw it coming. I did not. But also, it wasn't so obvious that it's like, Oh, of course, this is where it's going to go. So there was a little bit of surprise, too. So Tenant, with the mystery aspect of it, hit that sweet spot where it wasn't super easy to guess and they didn't just pull some answer out of their ass that we never, ever would have figured out. But here's the other thing regarding the, the mystery aspects is that this is going to be a movie that people are going to be debating, just like the ending of Inception. People are, are already discussing things about the film. Because another good thing about Tenet is that it it felt like a complete movie. The movie ended. I didn't feel like th there weren't any looming questions. I was like, really? They didn't even touch on this? But it also didn't tie up each and every loose end. There are still some questions to be answered, but none of them were so key or so important that I felt disappointed. So I really like this film. I think you've gathered that by now. I want to see this film again. I want to own this film. I want it on my shelf. What I'm also really looking forward to is I'm looking forward for Screen Rant's pitch meeting to do this. Because if you've if you've ever seen a pitch meeting video, you'll probably know why I want them to do this. But they the the guy behind it, what's his name? So his name is Ryan George. That brilliant bastard can pick up all the super obvious issues with a movie. So he can pick apart a movie, everything from like awful movies like the Hobbit trilogy to movies I actually love. 
like Independence Day, John Wick, the Star Wars movies, the Marvel movies, and they can even pick those movies apart. And it's something that can be enjoyed by people who didn't like the movies and people who loved the movies because it's funny. So I am looking forward to that guy pulling apart this movie and showing the obvious blatant problems in the film. Because I know that while I was watching the film, there were things I just accepted that maybe other people, maybe you, my future friend, will watch a film and go, but why didn't they just do this? Why, why does this make any sense? And here I am just, you know, eating my Sour Patch Kids going, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Isn't it fun? But it is super fun to see what other people see in films, especially ones you like, and especially when they're not going to be an asshole about it. So a big part of rewatching this for me will be to pay more attention to some of the little things that I didn't get the first time, but also going back with the knowledge that I already have of the film and being more critical because I, I think that's wonderful when you can love a film, but also be critical of it. Like Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films of all time, if not my favorite film. And even I can sit there watching a film I love and go, oh, well, the one black guy in the film hardly got a thought-out character, and then why did Walter Peck resort to shutting everything down just because Venkman was a jerk to him? And what judge signed off on shutting down the entire containment unit without any proof? Like, where was Peck's proof that something, you know, nefarious was going on? So yes, it'll be interesting to revisit Tenant having already seen it. But my future friends, here's the ultimate question for you. If you have not seen Tenet yet, should you do it in theaters? Because on this show, quite often we talk about the difference between a movie that needs to be seen in theaters versus ones that can wait to be seen at home. Like Anne and I the other day just watched Emma, the recent version of Emma uh, with Anya Taylor-Joy and Bill Nye. That is 100% a film that was okay to wait to watch on the small screen. We would probably have watched it on the big screen uh, had we either more time or COVID. I forgot our reasoning for not watching it, but we probably would have, but we didn't miss out. So the question is, would you miss out if you don't see Tenant on the big screen? And you know what? Here's the honest answer. Not as much. Not as much for like a big Marvel movie or for the next Fast and the Furious movie where there's tons of explosions and CG and you need that big rumbling bass but also the theater trip treatment would not hurt at all. It was a very fun film to watch in theaters. The wonderful special effects or the very real plane explosion, that was very fun on the big screen. The, the car chase scene, the fight scene that you saw in the trailer of John David Washington and Robert Pattinson walking on either side of a wall, looking at the bullet holes already through something. Then this guy comes stumbling backwards through a door and they have this kind of reverse but not reverse fight that was enjoyable on the big screen the soundtrack the the christopher nolan ultra bass soundtrack was fun on the big screen it is a good theater movie but what you need to ask yourself is that is it worth it to you so at this point not only should you just investigate your local theater's uh, safety precautions, but also ask yourself, even if it is as safe as could possibly be, do I want to? Because Tenant is definitely cool on the big screen. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
But I don't think if we had waited and I had bought it when it came out on Blu-ray or red boxed it or whatever, and we had watched it at home, I don't think I would have been disappointed. I missed watching Godzilla King of Monsters on the big screen. I'm going to have to watch it on the small screen. And I know it's not going to be a deal breaker, but I know that I'm still going to wish I got to see those huge monster fights in a theater on a gigantic screen. But I do not believe one second I would have those same reservations watching Tenet at home. So it is 100% up to you on is this something you want to go to the theaters to watch. Here's a fun fact. Here's something really fun. If you listen to the show for a while, you know that I hate Rotten Tomatoes. You know that I think that website is the worst thing to happen to movies since the Hobbit trilogy. But so often on Rotten Tomatoes, you will see a huge difference between the tomato meter score, which is their uh, their collection of critic scores, and the audience score, which is actual human beings, you know, people with souls. In this case, the score is really close. 263 critic ratings for an average score of 71%. Audience score, 4,120 ratings for a 76%. It has a meta score of 69, <laughs> and it has a score on IMDb of 7.8. And look, f what critics say. Really, f them. F what other people who aren't you think about movies. Though I do thank you for tuning into my show. But let's be honest. What matters is if you want to see it. But I'm bringing this up because we don't see this often. We don't see it often where so many different sources are agreeing, especially when it comes to blockbuster movies. Interestingly enough, it usually happens for Marvel movies because Marvel's good at what they do. But it's always a good sign when you see this. So what I think you should do is no matter what, see this film. See it. Watch it. Enjoy it. The question, the only question should be how you watch it. The question should be, do you want to go to a theater right now and watch this film or do you want to wait and watch it at home? Either way, you will be enjoying the film or maybe you'll hate it. I don't know. Either way, you should watch the film. Anne and I saw it in theaters. I do not regret that. But just like I said, if we didn't see it, if we wanted to be extra, extra safe and we waited to watch it on Blu-ray or on demand, I don't think we would have regretted it either. So my future friends, let us wrap this up with the Billiams interest level score. Just a quick reminder, the Bill score can go anywhere from a zero for those horrid, horrid films to an 11 for those films that just turn it up that extra notch. So my future friends, Tenant by Christopher Nolan, starring John David Washington and written and directed by Christopher Nolan, gets an 8.5 out of 11. My future friends, uh, you may have uh, noticed back with the second commercial break that we heard from both Watch Your Mouth and We're Doing Fine. Uh, that's because I kind of forgot to do one final break for We're Doing Fine. And I always feel like a jerk when I shove them at the end of the show because they're always very kind to me on their show and they try to do it around the middle. And the one time they almost forgot, they felt really bad about it. So uh, I, I like to return the favor for 
such good friends of the show. So that's why I said there'd only be one commercial during that break, but there were two. Yay for that. Well, my future friends, that is it for episode 183, Return to Theaters and Tenant Review. Wonderful name, I know. Please remember to stay tuned for episode 184, where the movies we're going to watch are The Devil All the Time on Netflix and Hooking Up on Hulu. But right now, let us wrap this up with a closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.